Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast today. I will be your host. My name is JJ Hernandez, and joining us on the show today is a trio three guests here. We have Mike, Charles, and Mario with CrossFit Vauxhall out of the UK. Gentlemen, what is going on? How are you feeling today? Happy Wednesday. Thanks so much for having us. Excited yeah, yeah. to be here. Very good. Thanks. Yeah. 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 We appreciate you being here. We're excited to have you on. And before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you guys have going on with CrossFit Vauxhall, you know, first, I want to give you guys the opportunity to go ahead and give the viewers a little understanding, a description. How would you describe CrossFit Vauxhall? Um, I'd say... A, a facility that uh, as owners we're pretty much fully involved so I guess everybody's going to talk a little bit about their community but uh, we when we started the gym we came all of us fresh off the back of coaching so our number one focus I think we've always been entrenched within the community so whilst everybody is going to talk about community I think for us it's important that as becoming owners of a gym, we haven't actually stepped away from being in touch with our people. So, you know, that involves coaching classes and just, you know, being at social events. It hasn't become a them, us. It's just, uh, it's become a us, basically, like everybody. Um, so I don't know, how would you guys yeah. put it? Yeah, no, that works. Sums that up nicely, yeah. I think. Uh, I love it. I love it. you guys are all in agreement on that one. Usually it's like, hey, we think it's this, we think it's that one. Awesome, guys. And so let's kind of dive into like the bare bones basics here. We'll start with literally the basics. How many members are you guys serving currently? So one seventy. Yeah. Yeah. So we're we're bouncing around the one seventy mark, plus or minus. Yeah. Um, but around 170 would be about right. Yeah. And so that's great. And then for you guys, what's been that best method, best practice, if you will, uh, to get new members through the door? I think a lot of what we do is actually word of mouth, um, which is unusual because we're in the middle of London um, and, and Londoners and people in the city are fairly transient. So We've been fairly fortunate that, that what we're offering is has spread just through referrals of people's family and friends. So I think a, yeah. a large proportion of the, the lead generation and growth comes from um, word of mouth. Yeah, I think we've always believed the best sort of people to come through the door are people that have been recommended by a friend or family. So, you know, they're, they're the sort of strongest people that come in and, and most likely to join us and, and sort of be embedded in the community for a long time. So I think that's yeah. always worked really well for us. Completely. And I think it's uh it's obviously a thanks to your fulfillment, right? You guys are good at what you do. People talk about it and inevitably they're going to refer each other, um, which I think is great. And I think uh, I always like to ask this question to kind of challenge, right? The, the ideology. So I think word of mouth will always be a prominent and definitely a, a great asset to getting people through the door. But have you guys tried anything else that's a little more unorthodox or even more common, right? So an example of unorthodox being flyers or those guerrilla marketing tactics that are kind of outdated, if you will, or the more common one, like social media, how has those methods served you? I think it's, it's interesting you say that. I think when we took over back in 2019, 
we were so focused on just looking internally and doing right by the members currently that we had and we we wanted to grow slowly so we could keep on top of everything um so that's why we kind of focused on word of mouth and didn't look externally for marketing campaigns and that kind of thing and we we do a, we do a lot of of social media um through instagram mainly um and i think as we've sort of started to grow organically that's when we've now kind of looked externally and and we've started to work with um a marketing company and and we're going to start marketing campaigns and that kind of thing um moving forward just as a as a way of of generating more leads i think than if you have any yeah, I think I, we could add back in sort of the first, um, you know, when we first took over, we we had a good few months at, um, just to kind of settle the ship. And as Charles said, you know, get to know the community and and really work on or internally. But then we did we did a, a very small, um, what we call it, marketing campaign, I guess. Um, and it's interesting. We actually found, although we did find quite a bit of growth in a short space of time, but actually that possibly wasn't the right way to go for our community and uh you know but quick growth tended to mean then quick out the other end as well um and so like our whole sort of purpose of how we've done things moving forward since then has been we're always going to favor slow growth and slow building rather than trying to get as many people in the door day one because we are we're primarily class-based um with crossfit so you know the impact that lots of new people have like in in a very short space of time is quite noticeable um so yeah. we've always exactly like charles said with the with the word of mouth um and referral way that we tend to get our new clients and makes a big difference to that i think so yeah and mike i love you emphasize that just because i think a lot of gym owners business owners in general they they kind of undermine the fact that it's not just a good fit for the client but a good fit for you Right, and, and if you want to jeopardize the quality of, of your gym by focusing on quantity, then sure. But the fact that you could put that aside to then focus on the quality of the experience and not jeopardizing the quality experience that the clients have or client experience in general, I mean, that's awesome that you guys can put that aside. You know, and I think that it's, it's a bigger picture, right? I mean, the bigger picture is to have a quality community that you can keep longer. It's not really just about getting hundreds of new people through the door, which is great as long as they fit the mold and fit the culture. But a hundred percent, I love that. It's such a great emphasis point there. So it is tough. It's it's really tough. Like sometimes to to sit and, and make a decision as three owners to say, hey, actually, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna slow this down um, and do right by our members so that they're like sometimes you can prioritize the new people in the door, um, but actually you 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 really want to prioritize the community that you have and grow. Yeah that slowly and if you prioritize them and 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 us as part of that community as well of course but yeah if you prioritize them then the growth comes after that so yeah the the lead gratification are you right it's really tough it's really tough because yeah, to i mean i think as humans we 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 all want that instant gratification it's just human nature and we're just used to it i mean think about all the technology you have now you're just kind of programmed that way so um yeah. no it's so true so true I, I love it great emphasis there and kind of moving on here kind of curious so let's say leads traffic members all these things were unlimited here okay hypothetically speaking of course how many members what's the max how much can you handle like, i mean how much higher can you go from that 170 number so you want to make yeah yeah um, i mean to be realistic i think we'll probably start 
feeling it. Given what we have, I think we're fortunate. We're in a position where we kind of just add you know, classes and you know availability to classes as and when we kind of need it. Um, but I would say round about the two twenty mark, we're starting to feel you know a little bit tight, um, and then but I'd say maximum two sixty. Yeah, realistically, and in, in yeah. terms of what we could fit in our facility, so yeah, I think I think to add to that as well, it's 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 kind of how you structure the timetable as well. I mean, a lot of our classes, for example, are based around peak times, um, but that's not to say that you know, especially especially in London, you know, we have a lot of a lot of people that have their own businesses, they work shifts, they you know, they are more flexible with their hours, and so sometimes. You, at, when you start to get into the 200 mark we'll certainly need to diversify the offering beyond just the peak times and there will be people then that seep into the more off-peak times yeah. and that will be the key to see how where that limiter is yeah yeah how many people you can move in because there's only you know with the size space we have there's only so many people you can fit into of course one hour of time two classes yeah, yeah. at the same time and that's you know you are limited at some point I love that you, you hit it right on the head, right? You have the answer for it without even being there yet. So you're, it's like you're, you have the answers to the test without, you know, <laughs> actually being there yet. So I think that that's great. I mean, the fact that you understand it's so, like, and I mean, you already know, like, it's like you have the plan set up, right? So you're ready for it if it did come your way, right? So you get 100 leads tomorrow, you're good to go. <laughs> so, that's a good answer. Very one of the best answers I've had along the way. Some people are just like, I don't know what I would do. <laughs> like, I, I don't think I can think anybody else, but. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. I love it. You guys are good, man. You guys are good. <laughs> um, and so, you know, kind of moving on here. Um, I think this question is is definitely a, a kind of an eye over for some people, depending on where you guys are. But I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys are going to surprise me with this one too. So, um, you know, I think as fitness professionals, right, we track literally everything, right? We track our macros, how much weight is on the bar you know, your body fat percentage. Uh, so how do you guys track? I mean, three to 170, how do you track the metrics? How long someone's been with you guys, lifetime value? I mean, how do you track those numbers? I mean, so we have, we use a platform called Waterfy. Um, oh, yeah. so it's, okay. got, it's got, you know, quite a decent insight um, piece there, you know, information, how long people have been there. I think we probably don't use it as well as what it, the, the metrics can be. I think maybe if we get into the sort of the the intricacies of how we actually run as a business, as in terms of you know we have we're essentially one of let's just say a group of seven of us. We all we all still work on the floor. We all still actually work within the gym. Um, but of that, say seven, we have four other people. We there, we're all collectively looking after a bunch of people from that one seventy. Um, so it might be just for for discussion purposes, thirty people each. Um, so the workings and the sort of the 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 data behind, hey, who's coming, when they're coming, who hasn't been here for a while, how long has a member been there. Um, outside of the insights, because we're all managing bite-sized chunks of that 170 members, it makes it a lot a lot easier to manage. So we're not looking at 170 people. I'm looking at 30, Charles is looking at 30, Mike's looking at 30, Tommy, another coach is looking at 30. So 
everybody might be looking at an even spread. Um, so outside of the Wattify insights, it's probably uh, it's a, a man man sort of monitored sort of process. It's quite that makes sense. Yeah, it's quite nice because obviously we all have our individual clients, let's call them, that we look after. But then you know we obviously do still have a overview of all of that data and see everything's moving in the right direction. But yeah, on a more micro level, it's certainly being all of those individual metrics that Mario said about the, uh, being managed on a coach to client basis as well. So yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the community feel. I mean, that's what, that's why you guys are where you're at, right? It's that culture and community. I think that's huge, you know, um, and it's just going the extra mile. I mean, the fact that you guys do the back end and the front end stuff, I mean, even that, I mean, that's even shocking in itself. You know, talking about trying to get away as, as soon as they possibly can, but really goes to show that you guys love what you do. And I think that's the biggest thing, right? I think that's for the right reasons. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. There's no, something totally. that we um, we sort of said it from the beginning because um, we we've, we've seen it. You know, we've been we've all been around the well, let's say CrossFit space for a long time, and we've seen it happen in different different scenarios where you have an owner that removes themselves from the from the gym and loses touch with either the community or the the coaching team or whichever else and we always said from the beginning that we we didn't want to be that we didn't want to lose touch with either the the community or the the coaching team that we have so by doing some amount of you know either on the floor work or development work or whatever else with the clients with the team etc uh, it goes we feel like it goes a long way mm-hmm. definitely. yeah 100 it definitely does it definitely does mm-hmm. and so to kind of throw a little bit of a longer-winded question at you guys here, but a good question itself here, and it's a good way to self-reflect. Um, if you need me to repeat anything, by all means, just let me know. You know, in the gym and fitness industry, there's about three pillars of business views pretty predominantly. That's going to be your lead generation, which is your marketing, your client acquisition, which is just your sales, and then your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So, Gentlemen, of those three, where do you feel like you could improve the most? Yeah, good question. That is a good question. Um, I would say, I would say retention, although, and I'm sure you probably get this a lot, in that because we're in a city, it's I know it's easy to give the excuse that hey it is transient, but the reality is it is. I think like we we focus our our main focus is as to if we do have if a client ever leaves the gym, we our only reason we find acceptable within ourselves is is that they're moving. There's nothing you can do about that. So they're working at at an embassy and they have a one year contract and they're going to leave. I think that would be the only acceptable thing for us. Um, but I think outside of that, I I mean, for me, I was speaking myself here personally, is it's like you have that old, old, you know, adage of what's more important, business you want or business you have. And I think uh, business you have for me personally is, is you know, you've already got it, uh, costs you less to acquire um, and, you know, whatever the process is. So I'd say retention, but then again, that's a difficult one. I think, like mm-hmm. I say, it's hard for us to, you know, outside of the metrics that we gather when people leave, you know, it's you, I feel like you could always be better, do a better job, but I'm sure 
I don't know, I'm looking at Charles and I think he would say probably lead say generation so. potentially. Well, I, don't, I think we're, I think we have, we've evolved over time. And I think that those three pillars have kind of ebb and flow, don't they? And, and I was just going to, I was going to disagree. I think our retention is good. Um, but potentially even our, our client acquisition, the sales that we make, I think we just need to trust what we're doing. And, and, and it, it can be hard when you're, you're sat in front of someone and you're, you're trying to sell them yourself, essentially, because um, for what it's worth, we're, 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 we're as much the brand faces as the, the branding. Um, so we're essentially selling ourselves and sat there telling them the prices. I think we just be a bit more confident in, in the product that we offer. And, and I think we just back the fact that we have a really good product and a, and a really great gym that we know people want to train at. And now Mike's going to disagree. And, say, and, I, yeah. and I'll say lead generation. Yeah, I'll say lead generation. Um, but it's interesting, isn't it? It's actually, I mean, even just now, it's interesting hearing each other's views, you know, um, <laughs> funny enough. And I think, to be honest, not to interrupt there, like weirdly, not weirdly, but I think that's literally probably, you know, we have a weekly meeting with each other. And I would, I would say that if you were to, if we were to raise a topic each in that meeting, they would be, each one of us would pick those topics. Mike's always trying to sell us, you know, uh, 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 this amazing marketing package. Uh, <laughs> that, uh, well. Charles is always trying to tell us how good a salesman he is. <laughs> and uh, I'm telling us, you know, how bad a job we're doing. <laughs> so <laughs> I think, I think to, to sort of add on the back of that, I think it's actually, I do, I know we joke around a little bit, to be fair, but I do think it, <laughs> It actually has been one of our biggest strengths along the way. We often, I don't want to say disagree with each other in a negative way, but we we often have very differing opinions on how to approach something. And we come at it from very different angles. And I, I think if we agreed with each other from the word go, I don't think we'd be where we are now. I think we, like, we always like none of us get away with saying something without really being able to back it up. Like if I said something, I can guarantee that one of them will challenge me on it. And I think that's great. I think that's really, really important. And, you know, I think that that's, yeah, how we've managed to take the steps forward over the last three years to be, I know, I know it's a bit joke as well, yeah. but like, I do genuinely think that that's been really important. That's awesome. and, and yeah. And I would say lead generation out of the three. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, it's good to look at those three, though, and, you know, and I think we realize and recognize that we could probably be better at all of them, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, go ahead, yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, no, I think we could, we we recognize that with, with the retention, it's like, I think we do a pretty good job, generally speaking, but equally, we're in a location that's really challenging, and we could always do better, definitely, you know, from what you said as well, Charles, I think we definitely could be we could be better at the way that we, you know, sell, sell the product and service that we do. But then also, you know, we said at the beginning, we only focus on particular, well, mainly on, on lead generation and, uh, sorry, excuse me, uh, um, referrals. And we haven't really explored a great deal of, let's call it traditional marketing. Um, and there might be bits on the table there that we're sort of leaving. So, you know, I think all elements we could probably improve on, but yeah. Really yeah, good. and I think uh, Mike, to, to kind of piggyback on what you said, I think uh, I always say the most successful people, just in general, not even just besides gym ownership here, and they always think they can improve, right? There's that, that that impulse or that desire to always be better, and I think mm -hmm. that the fact that you guys all agree that you guys can improve in one aspect, but uh, overall, all think you can improve completely. That's mm -hmm. a good thing, you know. 
I think that's awesome. I think that's awesome. You guys, honestly, and you guys look like you have a lot of fun together. I can see that for sure. I mean, Jesus, I want to be part of the team now. I mean, come on. <laughs> so, you know, um, kind of moving on here. And uh, last few questions for you guys, gentlemen. Our two favorite questions. What is the overarching goal? What's the bigger picture long-term? So I'll go first. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. I hope we all have the same answer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's see. Let's see. This might be something we agree on. Yeah. yeah. I think ultimately, I mean, it, it would be wrong to say that our number one goal isn't to be successful businessmen. Um, because, you know, we, although we love what we do, it still needs to provide the lifestyle that we want, which isn't lavish, but, you know, just the ability to do stuff financially. Um, but outside of that, I think probably, I think this leads back to what I said earlier is this our number one focus because we, because we come from, uh, we've had different experiences within the fitness space. So Charles has come from, you know, a background of uh, loads of paid per hour hours, just, you know, you, you there's not enough hours for you, but you're only getting paid per hour per class. So that's kind of through what I call the washer. I've come from a point of view where, and uh, Mike was pretty similar where we've, we've worked in models that pay a percentage of per membership. And I think we, we quickly realized that I think in order for our business to be successful, we need to, uh, yes, look after members, but if we can look after the people looking after the members, which ultimately boils down to the coaches, um, you know, uh, then we know that our that our members will be cared of, so or taken care of. So our focus, or for, from from my perspective, is is if we are providing a, a, a space where you know coaches, a you know, first and foremost, it's community based, so consistency is important i think what we see a lot is is gyms just turning coaches over and that provides you know a, a bit of instability so for us it's coaches that are there for a long time and in order for that to happen it needs to provide them with the same sort of opportunity as a as what we wanted to provide for us which is you know hey this is the lifestyle i want to live does it financially support that because while we all do this, I think most people get into this industry either for their love of fitness or for their love of helping people. I don't think anyone ever, this is my opinion, I don't think anyone in the gym industry ever goes in looking at it as if, as if it's going to be a career that they would do until 65. All right? you know, you, I don't think you ever see that anymore. So there is a bit of a stigma where it's not necessarily you know, viewed as a professional job um you know like what you would get in the city or anywhere else so i think if we can provide the platform for the our coaches and ourselves where it can be a realistic situation that we can earn a living and enjoy what we're doing at the same time um, and that team stays constant then that would make the gym successful so our focus is around providing a platform for coaches to be able to make it a professional career and then it's obviously got to work for us as three owners who, you know, are looking at it and taking the risk from a financial standpoint of view as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm sure we'd, we'd all agree with that as well, but um, looking at just kind of the, the gym and what we're looking to create there for our members as well. I think when we first sat down together uh, at the very beginning of our, our what seems like much longer than three years now but our journey together as, as gym owners we're like 
every decision we make if we're unsure between the three of us or we can't decide between the three of us where are we going to go for the answers and it's like does this work for our members if the answer is yes it's probably the right choice if the answer is no then let's figure out a better solution so i think as long as we can continue to to work together and and do right by our membership base i i don't think we can go too far wrong whether the growth is slow whether the growth is fast if our members are happy and our coaching team are happy, then I think we've done a, for me anyway, I, I feel very satisfied in, in the product and, and the service that we're we're giving to our members. Yeah, I mean, I don't have too much more to add to that, to be honest. I do agree, but I think just to kind of bridge the gap between what the what they both said, I think, you know, when we all sat down and we thought about how we could best sort of let's say serve our community that's our members the wider community around our members and around this area as well and there's sort of our sphere of influence of anyone that's interacting with us you know we 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 highlighted that we needed that consistency that that mario mentioned at the beginning consistency with our community with our coaching team mm -hmm. and everyone in that sphere and we knew that if we had consistency there we'd then be able to give the best to our members and then provide the best to everyone else's which is what charles said so kind of bridging the gap we knew that by doing that we could get to that i love it i love it i mean like i can't really piggyback much of that just because <laughs> you guys hit so much of it on the head i mean especially with mario you took the you took the storm <laughs> you grabbed it by by its, its horns man he just went off i know that was awesome i mean i think uh just all i just want to just comment how aligned you guys are because i mean i've done maybe like 10 trios it's not very common that we get trios but how aligned you guys are and just i mean uh, i was gonna say i could say it's post pod but just even on here you guys don't interrupt each other and stuff like that i mean you guys are like, literally if i see the respect between each other i feel like you all serve your own purpose here as well and you guys are all your own asset in your own way so it, it's a beautiful thing and it's really how a partnership should be working so just for clarity we do spend far too much time together <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, you guys are brothers at this point man <laughs> that's it i mean it's awesome though you love it you gotta love what you do man it's all about who you're working with and that's the biggest thing and um kind of the last question here i kind of want to i'm going to word it a little differently here to make it a little more fun uh and kind of curious to see all the individual answers if you guys have this aligned the same way i mean i'd be blown away <laughs> this one everybody has like every duo every trio they all have some type of a, like different perspective on this so just curious if you guys align on this one i mean then i don't even know what to say at this point <laughs> i'd be like whoa <laughs> so uh you know if you guys could go back in time to when you first started the facility sit yourself down with the knowledge that you know and give yourself that one piece of advice that you think you really needed to hear when you first started what would that advice be for you guys I've got, I've got a, a, an answer that springs to mind. Well, it's not, yeah, you've got to take yeah, I need then. some time to think. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> it's not something. Yeah. It's not an in-depth answer, but I think the thing that comes to mind for me is that is not to not and not to chase the numbers in terms of the number of clients. Um, I think at the beginning, um, you know, you you buy a you well, we we sat down and we bought the facility off the previous owners. And immediately you you look at how many members do you have, what's the revenue, and where you know what what does the balance sheet look like? Where are we at? And I think you you can 
I don't know. I don't know stress about it. I mean, you do need a good amount of stress, but I think you can, at the beginning at least, try and chase something um, and focus too much on it. And I think we've now, although we are very much on top of the numbers, we no longer we're no longer chasing it. We've we've changed our approach completely and and are very as we've already said i don't want to repeat too much but you know we're very happy now with very slow and sustainable growth we're not looking for a quick win and i think initially at the beginning you're kind of like okay how can we change this dramatically but actually very quickly we realize hey let's let's look 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 inside and you know work on the culture and things that take really long like long long time uh, and like slowly develop it over time and uh, i think I'm so glad we realized that it didn't take too long, but I'm really glad that we realized that sooner rather than later and we're, that we're not doing it now. So I think, yeah, if we could have done it right at the beginning, definitely even better. But I think, yeah, I think that's something that looking back now, I'm, you know, I'm glad we've got to now. Um, but I think maybe that would be the thing that I'd do. But... Um, mine would be, and I, I don't know if this is more of a personal thing, but I think it kind of um, stems into what we do in the gym on a day to day. It would be, don't feel like you have to rush to make a decision. Mm. Um, I think, and, and I'm sure this is so relatable to all gym owners out there, and especially like a small gym, a small business. On a day-to-day, -day, it feels a little bit like you're fighting fires the whole time. Something pops up and then a bigger fire happens and you run and you start fixing that problem. And then there's this huge fire and then you run to fix that. And then you're like, surely there can't be a bigger fire. And then, yep, in the corner, there's a bigger fire and you go and rush and you try and put that out. And it's like, take a step back for a second and that's why it's been so good to have the three of us I think it's like we, we ground and level each other and it's that problem that seems really big for me Mike's like nah that's not that big a deal or Mario's like yeah actually we do need to fix this so it's like don't rush the decisions as long as you have a process to how you're going to fix the problem or or create a solution whatever that looks like whatever the problem has to be it, just, it doesn't need to be rushed and I think for me anyway I'm I've got a personality where I'm like I need to fix this I need to answer that email or I need to do this really fast everything's going on at once but just taking a step back and going actually it doesn't matter if we if we leave that we've got bigger fish to fry currently so it's just be like take a step back look at the bigger picture and, and and don't have to rush the decisions make the right decision rather than a, a fast decision yeah i mean I, I don't have too much i guess more to add i think for me i i all i always like to when i go into anything personally i always like to set the bar not quite low i always feel like if i expect the worst then nothing worse can happen not that i ever expected the worst but if, if you use that concept in mind, for me, anytime I ever do anything, I always like to view the realities of what could happen. And so therefore, anything that ever does happen is better than I imagined it to happen, if that makes sense. It's, it's a weird thing. I guess it's one of those ones where you almost don't set yourself, yourself you, you set yourself up for success only rather than, you know, you can't fail because you've already imagined the worst thing that could happen. So I would say probably just to be, I think I could have maybe, you know, because I, I guess I then expected it. I, it's been better I, in that instance. So to prove the theory of that, I think it's been better than I ever had imagined it to have been. Not to say that it's been, you know, amazing. Like we've been through it. Like I think that's probably why we, you know, we are, I would say, so aligned. This is like we've, we've spent, a, like we, Charles joked about it earlier, a lot of time together. 
um and we've been through like the the what it takes i mean when we started the gym it was just us three doing all of the hours we were doing everything we were cleaning the floors we were you know we were all of this whilst trying to rebrand whilst meeting doing a regular meeting with a, a mentor who was basically uh, helping us align what our values were to come up with our mission statements so we were at the gym 24 7 with each other you know from when it was light to when it got dark it was just us um so you know i think like you know we have we i i think just it, i would say probably i could have not i, I don't know i just so yeah higher. yeah maybe <laughs> i guess i could have just been you know been a bit more not that I was that this is so this I guess would not to say that I was pessimistic about everything I just was aware to the reality and I think it's been better than the picture I had created from you know from then so could what could I have changed I could have maybe just made that picture a bit better and would have exceeded that anyway I guess if that makes sense so we're yeah but there you go he had little yeah. he had little faith in in, in me and mike i think and i think it's come from like you know i've i managed a facility previously and i you know i think i've i'd seen most parts of the business so i never i had had an expectation of what that part looked like from a business perspective so it was a bit of a different viewpoint, I think. Not that these guys hadn't seen it or wouldn't have been aware of those things. I just, my image of what it took to do, to, to do this thing, it wasn't really a shock to me because I had done most of it. Um, so I just painted the picture of that's what it would take. And yeah. I love it. I love it. Look, it's a good place to wrap things up on this episode, guys. But before we sign out, you know, please shout out your Instagram, Facebook, website, anything you have. Where can people find out more about you guys and the gym? So we're crossfitvoxel.co.uk and uh, social media at cfvoxel. Those are the, probably the, the two best places to check us out and, and see some of our members doing cool things on the social media and get a little bit of a feel and a flavor for what we're all about. There we go. There we go. Look, we absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast, gentlemen. And we look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. Uh, if you don't mind sticking around for one second, so I can let you know how you can get the podcast. I'd appreciate it. I just signed everybody else out here over here. Uh, and to everyone else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit that like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in and join us, talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show 
we have Zach and Matthew Steinloff of Montreal Fit Bros coming to you all the way from Montreal, Quebec. What's going on, fellas? How are we today? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing tremendously. Yeah. Thanks for having us. We're happy to be here. Certainly. I'm, I'm excited to, to pick your brain on this. We don't often get brothers slash business partners on the podcast, but here we are and, and I'm excited to dive in on this. Before we get into strategy and tactics and, and all that you guys do from a day-to-day standpoint to grow this thing, tell us a little bit about what Montreal Fit Bros is. When you describe this to other people, what do you tell them about the facility? So Montreal Fit Bros is basically a boutique fitness studio. Um, we're a private studio in the sense that you have to be working with a trainer uh, to come in here where there's no open gym time. Um, we offer two main services. First service is your basic one-on-one training. Um, and then most of our business revolves around what we call small group training, which is two to five trainees at a time uh, per one coach. Um, and we're basically offering strength and conditioning work, um, you know, weight loss specific, you know, you want to put on some mass, really anything that the client wants to tackle. We have a coach that's going to be an expert in that field to make sure we can get to those goals. So if someone walks in and say, you know, they, they take a liking to me, I'll be the first one to say, you're probably going to be better suited with Matthew and he'll take on and say, okay, we're going to work together and get you to where you need to get to. Yeah. And so I want to hear, I I think, the origin story on things like this and how we got here is just as important as where we're going with this. Take me back to not the moment that you guys opened the doors, but the moment that the thought popped into your head, Hey, we're going to open up a gym together. What was going on for you guys? And and what was the goal with this whole thing at the, at its inception? Yeah. I mean, our story is kind of funny because it's not what you'd expect, kind of like sitting down business plan and putting it all together. We almost kind of fell into it. We, we had uh, a passion towards fitness. We enjoyed the activity, but it all started at our kitchen table, basically discussing maybe starting uh, an Instagram uh, at the time, just about fitness. And I remember when we started the, um, we started our Instagram account, we started to get people coming up to us and saying, Hey, you know, is it possible you could train us? And at the time, I was like, what are you kidding? We can't train people. And Zach goes, you know what? Like, yes, we can. And, and this was back in the year 2017. So we said, all right, you just gave me the confidence. Let's do it. <laughs> so we started kind of honing in our skills and developing and start to train people um, actually out of our parents' basement. We didn't have a facility to start off with. So we really took it from the ground up um, and took it to the position now where we are uh, in 2022 going to 2023. We are in a, a commercial facility now servicing a lot more people. But the most important thing about us and in our journey to get there, as we said right from the beginning, the most important part in this fitness journey for whoever it is, is to kind of bring family to fitness, to make a place where, um, you know, any member of your family could come feel comfortable, uh, reach their goals and just create an environment which really facilitates that. Yeah. When was it that you made the move from basement to commercial space? So that was funny enough in 2020, right before the pandemic hit. So we basically signed on. Yeah, we had our contract. Not ready. ideal. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was pretty funny. But then it, we, we have one saying between the two of us over the last few years, which is, you know, if it's not hard, it's not us. Like it's never going to be perfect. So starting off having the contractor come in and getting our space fully uh, developed, um, I guess you could say it was kind of a blessing in disguise because we really had the time to think about where we want to put all our equipment and how to set everything up without having to be like, hey, we're closed Friday, open Monday, people are coming now. 
So uh, we, we did have that extra time, which, which was great. And, and we also took the opportunity between the two of us to, to build a lot of our equipment by hand. So we got smart on the idea of, okay, oh, we good. can save some finances instead of spending 1500 bucks on a lifting platform. Well, you know, we, we can go and build this ourselves and sit yeah, there with we, the exact We got the time. We might as well use it. And so for those <laughs> yeah. less in the know, Montreal had far harsher COVID restrictions than even anywhere in the States. How did that affect you guys or, or what was your experience there? So that's for sure accurate. I mean, we definitely had some uh, some harsh, uh, harsh working. Somewhat uh, arbitrary for a long time, but a, exactly. a conversation for another place, I suppose. So I think that part of our, we'll call it, you know, luck in a sense is that we built a very strong foundation of clients uh, working out of the basement. Um, and basically once pandemic sort of hit everyone was fired up that you know we finally signed on a new space and we were sort of taking our clients along the journey with us so we were always keeping them up to date what was going on so when the pandemic hit the first about four or five days was like okay this is going to last for you know a couple of weeks and we'll just get back to it and everything's going to be fine but pretty much once five or seven days came out like the government kept just putting out new restrictions and new timelines and it was clear that no one was going anywhere fast so we pivoted the model very quickly um, and we started to get some requests of people hey can you train us on zoom um, and it's like March. So it's just like the end of winter. I'm not sure what you know about Montreal winters, but they could last all the way up until May uh, with cold weather outside. Right. Um, so we basically said, you know what, we're just going to dive into this whole online training thing. And pretty much week number one, if I'm going to get like some statistics going here, week number one, I would say we had about four hours of training over zoom. Uh, and by the time we reached the end of week three, we were back to a full 40 hour week schedule. Wow. Um, so, yeah. so that, that's why I say, I mean, in part, it was, you know, the effort of, of Matthew and I just sitting at our desk or like, you know, setting up, you know, in our gym at the time we had equipment in the basement, we had equipment in a new space. So it was sort of like figuring out an environment that was going to be suitable to deliver the the training and workouts and then getting creative with what people had at home right at this time just rewinding every fitness store was selling out of everything that they had <laughs> yeah. so we had at the same time as launching the online training we actually launched our website as well and we funneled people to our website for creative ideas and our instagram on how to use some makeshift you know, stuff at home, be it like sacks of potatoes or, you know, use the couch or the ottoman uh, for benches and like just getting creative with all the things you have at home. Um, so we sort of got everybody back on the, uh, the, the Zoom platform and this helped us open up to an international market. So running the day-to-day -day here in Montreal, we were never exploring to train people in Western Canada or New York, but those were just byproducts of being able to be virtual and online. Is that still a component for you guys? It's a very minor component and we sort of built a different model and, and Matthew was sort of the, the brains behind this model. So I'll introduce it um, a little bit and I'll let him follow up. But yep. basically speaking, it was our online training without being present on a Zoom. So Matthew figured out a way to open up a YouTube, a private YouTube channel where people would upload their videos. We created mm. a spreadsheet where people would log. And then Matthew had a way of, you know, scheduling appointments to input feedback on what they were doing. And, you know, we would take 10 or 15 minutes to just modify the programs. I see. So completely 
viable for how the fitness industry has shifted. There are plenty of people looking for that type of service being almost the, the true remote coaching, less watching you on zoom and more putting the, the onus on you to actually do the programming. And then I can help on the back end as things move forward. You, you describe it as a minor component, but is that something that you guys could and want to focus more in, in the future on? So it's definitely a component we looked at. And one of the things we found out during COVID um, is, you know, there are very different types of clients, you know, and there are those people who have that motivation who can go out to their local gym, who just need a program. And there really are those individuals that like need the follow-up message from us, need to be physically there and have that accountability in order order for them to actually reach their goals. And we need to be there. So what ends up happening is as a client comes into our facility, we we have a service for you. So if you tell us, you know what, I really do require that attention, that one-on-one specific, we have that option for you yeah, but have that and, one punch. exactly and in my experience the way that i found is specifically people who have a, an interest in barbell training in significantly increasing the compound lifts have been phenomenal in kind of that online hybrid format where they feel they're still getting the technical aspect of the coaching but at the same time they don't physically need their need me to be there every hour on the hour yeah, typically it's it's a little bit more knowledgeable or experienced of an avatar that functions well in that sort of service but for you guys the meat and potatoes, it sounds like, is the in-person training. Since you've been able to operate with some level of normalcy post-pandemic, what's been working from a, a marketing standpoint to get people back into the facility? So we've always prided ourselves on having a very strong community. Like Matthew said at the start of the podcast, we bring family to fitness. And really, we've grown most of our business by word of mouth. It's the experiences of people coming in saying, we like the environment here, and I'm going to bring my friend. So how do we sort of incentivize that a little bit? We'll tell people that, you know, if, if you're training here and you like it, you bring a friend, a friend, we're going to incentivize you. We're not about giving free service. At the end of the day, we have only so many hours in the day of those hours in the day, there are so many trainable hours. So to give away for free uh, an hour of our time and training, it doesn't make sense on a top line business level. So we'll offer a discount. We'll offer a free smoothie. We'll offer a piece of merch. Um, we'll offer just something as a token of our appreciation that, Hey, you're going out, you're recruiting a friend, bringing them in to the so, referee. Exactly. Okay. So, that's, that's one way in which we really have been successful. Um, and Montreal is a pretty small community, you know, like, uh, although take New York city, for example, although the footprint of New York city is not that gigantic, you have a, an enormous population that lives there. Right. right, 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 right. Here in Montreal, similar idea. Our, our footprint is not massive. However, we are a very tight knit community. So understood word gets around pretty fast. And and I I just wanted to add on to that because it was really important for us. It's when we really say word of mouth, it it blew up in the sense because when we're hitting communities, it was very pinpointed. So imagine if you were to send out an ad and you said, okay, we want to be within a 10 or 20 kilometer (laughs) radius of the facility. Our idea was in a sense is if we have school, extracurricular activity, religious centers, community centers, all within a specific 
uh, geographic area. Well, by having the word of mouth, we're essentially doing the same thing there. We have people that are being trusted there by their friends or whoever they see on a weekly basis saying, hey, what are you doing after your kid's soccer practice? Well, you know, I go to this place with these two guys, Matthew and Zach, they're awesome. And we really feel it's been able to explode as a result of that. And in terms of moving forward, as we start to expand that that kind of that horizon and the area we want to tackle, that's where we have to kind of go online more and, and figure out ways to attract those individuals because they're not in the immediate area yeah. around us. I, I agree wholeheartedly, and I appreciate you calling that out. And, it, and I think if we're to take a step back and be honest with ourselves in the grand scheme of things, it's still a relatively new business, right? Yeah. We were shut down for a good period of time, but it's, it's almost like starting fresh once the pandemic restrictions were lifted. So for you guys, this, this probably feels relatively short term, but I think at some point, like you said, Matt, it's going to make sense as that organic growth or those referrals start to plateau a little bit, what else can we do, right? How can we continue this going? Take me to the next step in the process, guys. I want to hear a little bit about the sales process. When somebody reaches out to you, whatever the source is, it's a referral, it's a walk-in off the street, wherever they come from, what's that process typically like between that moment and, and when they eventually sign up? So if, if a person, so the building that we're in allows for walk-ins, um, so it's, it's actually an industrial building that has a lot of offices in it. So if we take, we'll call it foot traffic that comes in the door, oftentimes it first starts with showing the facility, right? I don't like to get the numbers right away because I want to make ensure that the person feels comfortable in the environment. After all, we explain that you're going to get to know everybody here. This is not training in your own silo. You're not putting in your, your, your AirPods and you're doing your own thing. Like you're really, you're going to be integrated here. So we show them around the facility um, and we sort of talk a little bit about what their goals are and what they want to achieve. All right. Should those goals and should their medical history be in line with what we can offer? Then I take it to the next step and I say, look, the way we operate is not membership based. It's not pay as you go. It's a package base. We need you to make a commitment to twice a week coming to the gym and we'll full heartedly say coming once a week to the gym and doing nothing else in your lifestyle with like physical activity you're just taking your money from your pocket and putting it in our pocket there's nothing that's really happening except that exchange of dollars right so we set the stage and we explain to them that you know what we're here to make a partnership that we understand that you need to make a financial investment in this but we're going to make a time investment in making sure that from a schedule perspective you're going to get your twice a week guaranteed and from there the client is usually 85% sold on it. Okay. Just off that, I haven't set a single number. And then we basically pitch starting first with what one-on-ones charge. And we describe that, you know what, one-on-ones is a part of the business, but mainly the community aspect of training amongst others is the main business. And at that point I give the, the, it's a lower price per head when you come in small group training. And at that point, people feel a lot more comfortable because there is a significant split in cost between privates and our small groups. Sure. However, the, what I then explained to the potential client is that you're not getting a lesser of a service. So our small groups is not five trainees coming in at the same time and doing one program. It's all five trainees are working five different programs. So that's sort of where the person says, okay, so all we're doing is just sharing the coach's time. I'm getting my program. I'm getting that, you know, one-on-one attention divided over the 60 minutes in the session. Yep. And at that point, it's pretty much a done deal. If someone walks in, 
And I would say that a success rate, our sales success rate on foot traffic walking and coming to see us is upwards of 95%. Yeah. All There's the a lot to, to unpack there. And I want to kind of go step by step. I think one of the things you said early on and you sort of breeze past it, but it really matters here is that we, we sit down and we make sure first and foremost, we're a good fit for what they're looking for, but they're a good fit for what we're looking for as well, right? This isn't anybody and everybody. And I think that that marketing conversation we just had plays into this even more, right? How we frame this to people who may not know what we do already really matters because if you guys are, are burning all kinds of time sitting on these appointments for somebody who's just looking for a get sweaty style boot camp, right? It's not you. No. Right. We need to make sure that we're, we're targeting the right audience with all of that. And then throughout that conversation, making sure that the sales lingo, we price anchor with, this is our most expensive offering so that then when we try to pitch the program that we really are trying to, to put it forth, it doesn't look so bad, right? The price shock isn't there anymore. Exactly. And it's truly in their benefit. Right. Yeah. I don't, I'm sure you guys are familiar. There's a guy named Alan Cosgrove who was kind of one of the pioneers of this small group program. And, and he was going through chemotherapy at the time, but he, he likened it to if there's one nurse that can keep five or six of us alive, we probably don't need one personal trainer for a workout. Right. We can get a benefit yeah. from a handful of us. And so for sure, yeah. it's, it's really a win-win for both business and client at the end of the day. Now for you guys, we get that client signed up. We now have a new member. What influences retention most in your mind? I think far easier to keep a client than to find a new client. What plays into that aspect of your business most? I would say that there's a few things that really play into that. And I will say one of the proudest things I have definitely about our business, and I think a lot of gym owners can can kind of feel this, is uh, you don't want to have a massive churn rate. So it's awesome to have a hundred people right. come through the door, but if 99 of them leave, it's not that great. <laughs> we got and, issues. Yeah, we got huge <laughs> issues. And and I'm really proud to say that we have people who started with us, you know, when we were pennies on the dollars in the basement, you know, five, uh-huh. five six years ago, whatever it was, who are still with us today, still coming out two times a week. And the reality is, is when you start with that basic level of trust, you put that together with bring them into a community of the same people they see week in and week out and we're dedicated to their schedule. It's reinforced by their peers, essentially. It keeps them motivated to come back. And the, the other thing which I think, you know, a lot of gym owners have experience with is there are times conflict and the way in which you deal with that as an individual is extremely important. You know, sometimes you have to realize that in the grand scheme of things, the issue the client might have, you know, maybe they had a bad weekend and an issue with their spouse, whatever it is, it's not really about you and keeping yourself level-headed and being really a custodian of your own business is the most important thing to, to keeping clients happy and, and, and in your studio. Yeah. I think everything you, you just said hits the nail on the head, right? For businesses, especially in fitness, more so than anything, if we're blowing through leads in, in, in a described community, as, as you put it, a small, tight-knit community, if we're just churning, burning through people, at a certain point, we're going to run out of viable new leads, right? Yeah. There's, there's tens or hundreds of thousands of people in Montreal, but word travels fast. 
right? We need to, your, your reputation and all of this is incredibly important as a small business like this. So we don't, we want to make sure that we're keeping the people as long as we can. That's, that's a huge portion of this. Now, guys, I mean, our whole conversation is, is stemmed from where do we get leads from? How do we convert them? How do we keep them? As you look to the future and, and think about goals for the business moving forward, what's the big picture here for you guys? How do you see this shaping up in, in the years to come? So the, the first major goal is from a marketing standpoint, obviously, like you highlighted so nicely earlier is that, you know, word of mouth will only take you so far. Eventually you need to find someone from a different community, from a different walk of life that's going to come in and that's going to help us expand. So the question is, how do we get there? And that's really making our presence online, um, you know, using ads, uh, like mostly digital content that's going to go out to people to attract them and figure out the recipe in the same way when someone walks in the door, I'm able to, you know, talk them up and explain it. We need to be able to do that with a digital solution uh, that can sort of do the speaking for us. And we'll give that person the same kick to say, Hey, I want to come and train at this facility. So first and foremost is expanding out of the, you know, word of mouth and referral business. Although that will, I believe will remain constant to a certain point. We have to level it up you know, at some, at some time. So that's number one. And then number two is really to expand the service offerings. So a big part of, you know, what I guess makes me frustrated sometimes as, as a, you know, as a fitness coach is that I stay very much in my lane. I know how to train. I have principles of eating and habits that I follow or that I've shared with other people, but I'm not a registered dietitian. I'm not a nutritionist and I'm not about to, you know, sell someone a bag of goods to make a quick buck. So, you know, having someone on site that can handle nutrition really stemming from a medical perspective Mm. and then translating that into a fitness perspective is really the kind of person or people that we're looking for to either work as a, you know, consultation remotely just to be able to offer that service because that ties in the whole picture. We always say in the gym that, you know, it could be 80% eating and 20% training or 90% eating and 10% training. However, the 10% of training is as important as the 90% eating. The two work together. So, you know, having that sort of nutrition-esque person is one thing. The secondary thing is injury and recovery. A lot of the times people come in with all kinds of issues And that's why our athletic therapy side of the business was born, where we went out and we hired our third coach, who's also an athletic therapist. And we set up a small room, call it, where she can do, you know, all kinds of athletic therapy and, you know, rehab for people that are coming in with injuries. And in the, you know, off event that someone makes a wrong step in the gym, we can attack those issues right on site and make sure they don't get in the gym or not in the gym. Right. Right. And And basically taking that athletic therapy and recovery to the next level by offering a new studio concept, which is all of our circuit. And like, like you said, at the beginning of the podcast or that, that sweaty workout vibe. Some people are just not made to come into the gym, lift heavy, you know, go through the motions of progressive overload. Some people want that instant gratification, sweaty workout. Yeah. But it makes sense to keep those things separate. I, I think Exactly. For branding purposes, for marketing purposes, all of that really plays into each other. And I, and I think you're right. I think we in fitness have a tough time 
staying within our scope or pushing the limits of scope a little bit further than some would. So the nutrition route totally makes sense as well. I think it'll be interesting to see how all of that shapes up for you guys and, and what sort of takes the priority list and, and get your ducks in a row. Guys, that's a really, really great place for us to begin to wrap our conversation up. But before we get out of here, I want to turn the camera back to you and, and give you the chance to tell people where they can learn a little bit more about this. Is there a website? What's the best social media? Where can they find you guys? So, yeah, I mean, the, the, our, our main place, which I'd love people to, to reach out to us, questions, concerns, just to say what's up. Thanks for being on the podcast. would be on Instagram at mtlfitbros. We also do have a website, mtlfitbros.ca, uh, and that you could learn a little bit more about us and our background and kind of what the facility is. Um, and in addition to that, Zach, I, I wanted you to tell them a little bit about how we're uh, going to be remaneuvering our podcast moving forward. Please do. Yes. So our podcast right now, um, you can find it on um, on basically on Spotify or our, our Apple podcast or whatever that app is but essentially the the way we're going to be taking that podcast forward is really over the last five or six years we've compiled this wealth of experience so to speak and not just from a training perspective but how people come into the gym ask us questions you know ask for our personal feedback or professional feedback and it's sort of going to be a roundtable discussion between the two of us bouncing these different topics and whether or not that fits in the scope of what we can cover if it does not fit in the scope of what we can cover and really having a fun banter about going through the things that um you know people are asking us on a day-to-day -day basis we feel that we've acquired so much information and knowledge that it would be a great way to sort of share it obviously without using names and things like that but sure. just showing you know what kind of common questions people are coming in with and let me tell you it's usually the same you know line of question that comes up over and over again yeah so check out the montreal fit bros on that platform or, or multiple platforms that they just mentioned guys i've had a blast having this conversation i can't thank you enough entrepreneurs in our space really, really value from, from hearing other people's experiences and what's working and, and what we're still working on improving. So I'm excited to see what the future holds for you. It sounds like there's still plenty of potential here waiting to be tapped and we'll be cheering for you. And I wish you nothing but the best guys. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. 
Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Vinny from Fight Shape in Brumall, Pennsylvania. What's up, Vinny? How are you today? I'm doing good. Excited to be here. Awesome. Thank you for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. All right. So let's jump right into the details. What is it that made you want to own your own gym? How did you get started? What's the kind of 30 second elevator overview of what it is that got you into owning your own gym? All right. Uh, I mean, I'm a lifelong athlete and I had a, you know, I wrestled and I eventually got into mixed martial arts and boxing and, and those sort of things. So you know, a lot of, a lot of fighters pick up clients and, and, you know, look for a little income on the side in the, in the gym. So I naturally, you know, I had some different skills cause I could teach clients how to throw some punches and things like that. And, you know, I started doing pretty well as a trainer and eventually, you know, I, I got a little older, I started a family and I moved away from the fight game and it seemed like a natural uh, step in the next, you know, progression to start working for myself basically. Okay. All right. Absolutely. Um, so when was that? How, how long have you been in, in ownership for? So we've had the gym. We used to be a franchise. We just rebranded to fight shape. So now we're totally autonomous. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually started with a company called LA boxing and it was one of those things. It seemed almost too good to be true. I found it on Craigslist. This is going back about 12, 12 years or so, maybe almost 15 years now. And cause I was just fighting and competing. That's all I cared about. And they said, we specifically hire MMA fighters, boxers, et cetera. We want you to use your unique skill set, help us train clients, teach classes, et cetera. Uh, we're flexible with your schedule. We'll help you promote your fights. Again, yeah. seemed almost too good to be true. And, um, you know, I got in, started training some clients, learned their system. And eventually that was the uh, franchise we bought was in LA Boxing. And then the UFC bought LA boxing. So we rebranded once already. And now we're said we're separate from that. And we're, we went our own way with fight shape. Awesome. Love it. All right. So now what does your business model look like currently? Are you doing mostly classes? Do you offer semi-privates one-on-ones kind of walk us through the layout there? Yeah, the bulk is classes. We have a really, really unique setup. It's, I mean, a lot of gyms, I guess, have it now, but it was certainly unique uh, about 10, 15 years ago when I first saw it. It's a big, you know, steel structure. We call it a bag cage. And uh, we have about 35 heavy bags and they're spaced, you know, pretty, pretty well apart. But we have, um, we do a lot of um, kettlebells. We do a lot of strength within that, you know, in the, in the bag area. Uh, we have enough room to move around is what I'm saying. So you can do swings and et cetera. And then every class we do offers some aspect of strength and conditioning. And then we always do heavy bag work. So mostly classes and we just do one-on-one personal training. And with that same thing, we do strength, but I'll also grab the mitts or the tie pads and do some mitt work. People seem to really like that for numerous reasons. Number one would probably be the stress relief aspect. And yeah, but so classes and, and personal training. Okay. All right. And as far as membership base or client base goes, how many members or clients are you currently serving at the facility? So we're at um, roughly about 250 members right now. And that's still down uh, quite a bit from what it was pre-COVID. Uh, you know, I th- the highest we were at about 500 for a while there, for, for a good while, actually, you know, and uh, we're, we're kind of slowly and steadily building up. We also moved to a new facility and it's a much okay. nicer 
it's a bigger facility. It's very nice. Um, so with all that, so last summer, actually, right around this time, I mean, the hottest time of year, we were actually sort of homeless for a short time. So we were just doing outdoor workouts while we were waiting to move into the new facility. So obviously, like uh, a lot of gym owners, we've gone through quite a few changes the last few years. And uh, now we're actually really excited to be doing a, we're going to do like a relaunch and a big uh, grand reopening in the fall. So we're, we're really excited about that. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. Lots of exciting stuff happening there. Um, no, as far as building the membership back up, getting more faces in the doors, how are you approaching that right now? You know, we have, uh, we, we still have a very solid core of members. Um, so of course we get referrals, you know, we incentivize that in the normal ways we try to give. So, I mean, we started um, at the beginning of the year for 2022, we said, Anybody that brings us a new member, you'll get your next month for $22, you know, just kind of sticking with the theme of the, and then I guess next year we could do $23. But, um, you know, we've, we've done various things over the years. We've tried in the past where you would get $5 off your monthly dues for every new member you brought us. Um, but then that's kind of a thing that over time you, you end up there paying less and less. It, it seemed to make more sense to do just one month at a, you know, significant discount. Um, you know, as a little extra incentive. So of course, word of mouth referrals and then social media. I mean, we do a lot of Instagram ads. We do story ads. We do a lot of Facebook ads and things of that nature. Okay. Yeah. So definitely. So I like to say multiple pulls in the water as far as advertising goes, different ways to get the word out there about what it is that you do. Um, now, when you run Facebook ads, Instagram ads, what type of offer are you putting out there? What, what is the front end offer? Well, that's a good question. You know, the last couple of years, one of, one of the nice things about, you know, kind of having to start, not, not completely over, I said, we kept, we maintained a nice solid core group of very committed people. I mean, we've had members that have been with us the whole, you know, almost 10 years now, but mm -hmm. it is nice. You, you can kind of take a, a few more risks. It's like, you almost, you know, we, we lost some anyway. So then it's like, you have nothing left to lose, you know? So we've definitely tried some different offers. It used to just be very simple. Try a free class. If you like it, you sign up. If not, you know, we'll, we obviously have a follow-up process, but we've definitely done different things. Like we do a 10 days for $10 trial. And, you know, that way, you know, they, they put a very minor bit of skin in the game, but just the $10 and it's not, you know, 10 unlimited classes. It's a 10 day block in which they can, you know, experience what it would be like to be a member for 10 days. And we, we get a good, um, you know, about 40% of those convert to actual members. Uh, and then even, you know, once that sort of seemed like it would work, the 10 days for $10, then we did right at the beginning of the year, we did 22 days for $22 or something with the, you know, for 2022. Uh, we all, we actually just tried, you know, again, it's kind of the oldest um, offer in the book, but we've never done even just a one week free pass. So we started offering those just for, you know, referrals. So we would hand those out to the members and again, about 40% of those closed. So, you know, we've gotten, a, you know, we've been able to be a little more creative. We, we did one recently that went, this one actually was probably the best one we've done so far this year. We just offer um, a pair of gloves and three classes for $30. So try three classes. And then that way, again, they have something physical. They, you know, that way, even if they don't end up signing up, they still have the gloves through the follow-up process. They decide to join, they have the gloves. Got it. Okay. So a couple of different offers. Um, how many new members would you say that you're getting on a monthly basis on average? Uh, that's a good question. Probably about 20 to 30. And, and again, not to, uh, you know, 
we used to get probably double that. I mean, not probably, we used to get about 60 a month. So that's definitely slowed down a little. And again, just, you know, we, we've also had um, less staff than we did previously. So not quite as many people following up daily on leads. So yeah, it's, we're getting about one a day. It used to be two a day. And, you know, in the first year when we were just the new kid in town, we were getting closer to three a day, you know, and I'm right. looking to get that back up in the fall. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so what is significant about the fall for you for, for getting those numbers back up in the fall? Yeah. So I guess, you know, and again, we get, we, we actually do, we have a, a good percentage of our people doing private training. And that always helps because as you know, for retention, for getting them in the gym, uh, you know, I always say the magic is in the appointment. You know, it's easy to, if you're supposed to book yourself for a class and something comes up and it's, you know, but if you have a session with me, I'm meeting Coach Vinny, 7.30, they're going to be there. Mm -hmm. So we have those people that are being active and we're still getting some referrals and, and some new leads. But I guess I'm, I'm really pushing for, like, we like to have a set date. You know, now it's just under 90 days. I think it was, um, you know, 90 days was just like two Sundays ago. So we're at roughly like 80 days now. And it just gives us all a focus toward, you know, we've, we've always done very well with events. Our original grand opening in 2013, we sold, I think, 56 memberships just that day. Mm -hmm. And we had over a hundred in the pre-sale. So I'm kind of going to, you know, sort of recreate that. And, you know, starting, like I said, right at the 90 day point, which was last week running a, basically a mock pre-sale. I mean, we're technically open and we have a good amount of members now, but doing a pre-sale and then all leading toward one day. I, my thinking there of course is, you know, half my clients are away this week. We were just on vacation. You know, this is the time of year when people do have more distractions than usual. And that's why we're going to wait till the first week of October so that we have a lot of teachers, we have a lot of students as our members uh, and parents in general. So, you know, the month of September, everybody will kind of get settled back into, into a routine. And then first week of October, it's not too close to the holidays that then people are thinking about that. It's right kind of sandwiched in the middle of summer and holiday madness. Got it. Okay. Um, so kind of along those lines of like setting an appointment, people showing up to that appointment, typically within personal training, they're also paying a higher rate for that training. Right. So a lot of times because people are paying a higher rate, they're more invested. They have more skin in the game, like you said before, you know, so chances are they're showing up more often. They're sticking to the plan. They're probably getting better results. People who pay, pay attention. Right. Absolutely. Yep. It sounds so, exactly like what I tell my other coaches. Yes. Yeah. So with that being said, have you ever run on the front end, like a higher ticket offer on the front end? For new members. Yeah. So something like um, where you would pay a couple hundred dollars up front, like a challenge type thing. Is that? Yeah. So yeah, money, money up front, whether it be $300 or $600? No, and I know that that's done. And I certainly think that, you know, it's something I would be open to. So mm -hmm. if you're, uh, if you have any suggestions there, my, uh, my mind would certainly be open to that. So I, I do know a lot of gyms, like I know a, a local guy that does, right, it, it, his is a weight loss challenge. And I, I think it's 600 up front. And if you, I, I don't know the exact criteria, but if you hit certain goals, you get your money back or what I'm sure a majority of people do is they roll that over into a membership. Um, yeah. So no, I haven't done it. And like I said, it's uh, I need to take my own advice. Just like I tell my clients, sometimes I need to get out of my comfort zone. And I think that that's just a comfort thing. We've never done it. So 
that's why we've never done we've never done it because we've never done it if that makes sense right yeah yeah absolutely it's the reason i ask is because it is still the best converting front end offer um and facebook is still the best converting platform right. and you know a lot of people see other people doing it and they get their own ideas about the challenges and then they're like oh, i don't know if i want to do that but i mean you're in control of what it is and what you sell within your gym regardless of you know what people might assume the front end offer is um but i mean it's a really good way to get really good results for your clients because they are putting more money down up front it allows you as the business owner to be able to have cash on hand to then either feed back into the advertising or to invest in the gym whether it is new equipment that you want or upgrades or things need to be fixed whatever there's expenses that come up all the time um but i mean the big most important piece is getting the clients the results that they're looking for because a lot of times when people come in on a lower barrier offer it's like they're not really that invested it's like oh, they'll try it maybe they'll get some results maybe not but um when they come in they're fully invested they stick to the plan they get the results then they're more likely to stick around as well and that's another piece that obviously is really important to focus on because it's much cheaper to keep a client than it is to acquire a new one. Um, so it tends to just work really well. I did it in my gym and I had a lot of success with it. So I always bring that up, you know, if if people that I speak to aren't running it because it's a really good way um, to get new clients in, to get them good results. And then also from a business standpoint to have some working capital. You know, most gyms don't have much working capital, if any. So, well, if you don't mind, could you give me like a real quick synopsis of, of one that you would do or something you've done in the past? Yeah. So like, um, a, like a six week challenge, it, it would include fitness, nutrition, and accountability. So all three things are covered there. That's where the value really comes in. Uh, $5.99 on day one up front. Right. And then they get the six weeks. There are certain criteria that have to be met. And then at the end of the challenge, you don't have to give a refund. That was kind of like the older way of doing it, but you can give them the opportunity to roll it into a longer term membership for a discounted rate. Right. So then there's a little bit of incentive there to continue because they have the discounted rate and they got the results that they're looking for. So it's like, why would they stop at that point? You know? Um, right. But I mean, typically that's what works really well, you know, and most people don't leave. The only time they end up leaving is that like they get a new job or they're um, moving or, you know, something like that, because otherwise it's like these people are coming in and they've never had the full package before in one place. You know, they've never had the program to follow. They've never gotten results like that. So it's like, why would they leave? And it also gives you as the business owner and trainer six weeks to build the value for people because people are not afraid to spend money they're afraid to commit right right especially initially it's like oh i don't know if i want to sign up for 12 months like i don't really know what i'm getting myself into six weeks i can see the light at the end of the tunnel so it's like okay i can do that for this long they really don't care about spending money that's something that as gym owners and as personal trainers we have to break that belief for ourselves to be able to get over that um sure. But, you know, it, it just yields really great results for the gym owner and for the client as well. So still best converting offer. 
what do you offer typically like 30 spots? I, I realize obviously size and, and things like that are, are a factor there, but mm -hmm. how many would you normally open up? So it depends. Um, what I always did was like a rolling start. I would put it out there that there were only 20 spots or whatever, because scarcity and urgency, sure. you want people to actually act on it. Um, sure. But, you know, it kind of depends on what you can take on. When you first start, I would suggest taking like 15 or 20 just yeah. to make sure that you can handle it all and get the kinks out the first time that you do it. But um, once I really got systems in place for it, I just continued and did a rolling start because... It was like, okay, this is working really well and I never want to shut it off. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, systems really are the key, right? Right, yeah, absolutely. We got it down to a science essentially and it was like running like a well-oiled machine. Um, and I always did it with the maximum amount of people help that I had was two other people. So it was myself and two other people. That's as many as I ever got. And we would bring in 70 new people a month on that challenge. Wow. So <laughs> two other coaches or two other trainers. Yeah. Yeah. And it was all group workouts, right? Like kind of circuit, you know, boot camp style. Yeah. Yeah. Like so yeah, when I did it, fitness kickboxing. Right. Yeah. And that, so, that's what we do. Right. I mean, it's it's very similar. So right. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, definitely, definitely would work for you. Um, but yeah, so I mean, as far as goals go for you within the business. Where are you directing most of your attention right now? And what does the next level look like for you? What are you working toward? Well, we toyed with the idea of a second location a few years back, but I think, you know, at this point, I mean, I said, I have, I have three young kids. I'm very happy with where I am in life, generally speaking, you know, so I, I don't want to have a second location. We don't want to, uh, we've, we had a, we've had a partner in the past and now it's just us. So, you know, I, I don't want to expand too much in that regard. Like I would like, we have more space at this gym, so we could certainly get, um, you know, we're at roughly 250. I would like to get that back up. You know, I would like to double that, get back to about 500 where we were and, you know, sort of keep that. Like I said, I've, I've actually, we talked a little off, um, you know, before we started about you, you do some consulting, you know, I've done a little bit of that in the past two to other gyms. And, you know, that's something that maybe I could get back into a little bit. Cause I, I like talking about the business side of it too. And I like sales and, you know, um, but I could see doing more things like that. And, um, you know, so right now where we're focusing on is, like I said, because, you know, we, we lost a few of our really good coaches. We lost a few really good salespeople. So right now we're working on getting those, um, like we have some newer people and we're, and we're hiring new people. And so I'm really working on getting those people trained up. And as you know, the, uh, the common, you know, you work on the business, not in the business. And I was, I was definitely at a point there after about six, seven years where I was working more on the business than in it. And now I'm sort of back to working in it full time. So I would like to take a little bit of a step back and get to do more of the, you know, from the 10,000 foot view. So right now, like that, and that's also why I keep kind of pushing the fall. It, it gives me a, a, you know, a focus point and saying, okay. And also, like you said, urgency, uh, you know, not just in sales, but urgency and getting my team trained up to par so that we can really hit it big uh, with the grand opening and things like that. So getting some coaches and, and salespeople trained back up and certainly doubling our, our EFT, like our monthly draft mm -hmm. and our memberships. And even that, because like I said, I have clients that I love, but I definitely like to get to a point where I say, okay, I'm not taking on any more new clients. I have this core group of people and get the other coaches, get them working. And as you know, for the, for the coaches, they make a better living when they're training private clients 
And I was, you know, the classes I tell them are there to, it's, that's kind of your audition for getting your private clients. And they like your style, they like your energy. You know, I always say pick one person in the class, focus on that person, just, a, you know, someone that needs a little help with a technique or even a basic squat, you know, a body weight movement and help them a little in class, pull them aside afterward, take 30 seconds and say, hey, you could tweak this. You know, if you really want to take it to the next level, let's do a one-on-one -on -one intro session and I can help you, you know, and then you get a private client out of it. So that's right. mainly what I'm focused on right now. Got it. Okay. So kind of getting more people in the doors, getting the team in place for you to be able to take that step back again and focus more on the business rather than working so much in the business. Yes. Yeah. That yeah, absolutely. What's up? I said, that's the main goal. And like I said, yeah. I kind of, I kind of seemed like I was heading toward that. And then, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, I kind of feel like now I'm, I'm sucked back in. And, and again, like we said earlier with comfort, I am comfortable training clients, teaching class. I enjoy it. You know, it's, it's, it's work, but it doesn't feel like work most days, you know? So, but then the, the downside of that is too, you do get kind of pulled back in and you forget big picture, um, you know, to work more on the business as we say. So yeah, that is, that is definitely the goal. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's really hard to focus on the growth and plan the next steps for the business when you're constantly in the gym all day, every day. Uh, really hard to go home and sit down at the end of 10, 12, maybe even more hours uh, and look at the numbers and plan and, you know, kind of talk about marketing or, or focus on what's coming down or, you know, it's, it's a lot. So I definitely understand that and being able to get the right people in place, the right systems in place to be able to have that for the most part, take care of itself anyway, so that you can focus on the next steps are huge. I think that's like every gym owner's dream, you know, is to get into a position where you can step back a little bit, especially if you've built it from the ground up from the start. So. Yep. You nailed definitely. it. And that's the thing after a long day, you're right. It's hard to sit down and look at numbers. So. Right. Yeah, absolutely. All okay. right. So one thing I always love to ask every gym owner that I speak with is if you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering opening their own facility or kind of doing their own thing, going their own way, what would that be? What is one of the most important things that you've learned over your time in the industry? I think to learn sales and, and marketing and to remember, because like I said, otherwise you end up, right, you think, and, and I certainly thought this naively when I first started, you think that your passion for fitness is just going to kind of bring people in or if you're, you know, sort of if you're good enough at what you do, that you're not going to have to do anything on the business side. And I, like I said, I think that's a little bit naive and, and maybe even some wishful thinking. A lot of people say, you know, when you're even just as a personal trainer, like I realized this before I even owned uh, my own gym, that you are in a sales driven business and you have to learn. So like you talked about scarcity and those things, like I read the book Influence by uh, Dr. Robert Cialdini. And, uh, you know, he talks about, and th then you can actually really get into those things too. If you can, you know, get, a, everything's hard in the beginning, right? That's obvious for anybody that's in fitness. They know same thing, whether you're trying to lose a hundred pounds, same thing, even with sales, it's, it can be a little scary. And, you know, I think we're all sort of conditioned to think, oh, salespeople are slimy and they're trying to take your money, et cetera. And obviously you have to you know, overcome that stuff in your head. But then I think you can take that same sort of passion you have for fitness and transfer that onto 
learning something else. Like it got to where first it was work. And then I really enjoyed, like I would enjoy reading more about sales and marketing even sometimes than I would about exercise science. Yeah. So I think that's the thing is like reframe it in your mind and realize, uh, again, it's almost like a cliche, but if you don't learn the business aspect, you're not going to have a business and then you're going to end up having to go back and work for somebody else or God forbid, get a real job. And that's the one thing I said I never was going to do. And so far, you know, I'm almost 40 years old and I haven't had to do it yet. So there you, you know, go. Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good point there. That's actually something that I like to talk about on the podcast is just the sales aspect as a whole, because so many gym owners and personal trainers are just like afraid of it. Like they have that negative connotation that we get from sales, you know, right. and it's like, well, I'm just not a salesperson or, oh, I'm not comfortable doing sales or that's not what it's about. It's not about the money. There's all these things that I hear, right? But like you said, if you don't make sales, you don't have a business. And if you don't have a business, you're not helping people, right? right. So it's like, we need to stop looking at it as like a slimy car salesman and you're going to help this person get to where they need to be. Or that person is going to stay where they are and live a lower quality life maybe die sooner. Like, let's be real. If they're not making the changes that they need to make, um, that's how we need to look at it. And the other aspect of it is that people tell me all the time, well, I'm just not good at sales. And it's like, well, okay, how much sales training have you done? You know, it's like, you didn't get under a bar and squat 300 pounds on day one. Did you? It's like you worked your way up and you didn't expect to either. So I don't understand why people expect that you either have it or you don't within sales. It's like, it's a skill. It's a skill. It's something that you have to learn, put time into, and it becomes fun. You know, it's like, I started learning it. And like you said, like, sometimes you, you want to learn more about like the sales, the marketing stuff than the training side, because it's really cool the psychological aspect of it as well and different things that you can learn and how you say things to people and different responses that you get just based on very simple exchanges that you have. And you can literally help somebody change their life just by learning more in that department, which is really cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Learn how to be uh, a persuader for, for a positive thing, you know, right. and that, and I always say like, I've learned so much just from, interacting with people you're right then it gets to be yeah, then it almost becomes a game but it gets to be where like right you learn to read nonverbal, you know body language you get to see you know and then then you get to look you know it, it's I, i've kind of you know i've blown some people's minds even some of my staff where i can you know you get to a point where you can look at somebody they come in and you can say this is going to be their objection this is going to be this, this you know and, and yes. you can just kind of you know you can kind of figure things out you learn so much about psychology and, and it's and it's very interesting and that's um you're exactly right if if that's why I said, you know, if you're, if you were an athlete or, you know, you had to learn, like you said, how to squat, I said, we've hired a lot of people that were fighters, current or former. It's same thing. You have to, to learn punching combinations, to learn how to do strength and conditioning for MMA versus, you know, other sport, you learn all those things. Why wouldn't you invest in learning sales and marketing? You know, I used to, I, I still do it, but, and, and definitely not as much as I did when I was just starting out, but you know, I, I had like a 30 minute commute back and forth to the gym. And so that's an hour a day in my car. So I would, uh, I think it's Brian Tracy, the sales trainer says, turn your car into a mobile university. So yep. that's exactly what I would do. And now, you know, th this was even before like podcasting was so big the way it is now, but there's on YouTube and, you know, on any, um, you know, any platform that has podcasts, you can listen. There's, gym Lords would be 
one of my new go-tos, you know, yeah. I just, just <laughs> and, and I've really, I've, I've kind of binged on some of the content. So, you know, even just, you know, I, I'm a big believer too. And just, even if it's stuff that you already know, same thing, a squat is again, a perfect example. It's a fundamental lift, but people who get good at squats, I mean, you squat every week, sometimes, you know, I squat two or three times most weeks and you need to keep going over the fundamentals just because you think you've learned how to overcome the spouse objection. I mean, you might always learn something new from somebody else. So I'm really big on reviewing fundamentals. And so, yeah, you, you listen in your car. You listen when you're right. working out, doing some cardio. You know, if you're most guys like me that like to lift weights, don't like to do cardio. So put the headphones on and <laughs> learn, learn some sales, you know? Right. Absolutely. I would do the same thing. I had an hour and a half commute one way. So I was in the car for three hours a day, but that's exactly what I would do. It was just put a podcast on and I would just focus it on something specific that I needed help in. I would listen to persuasion podcasts, sales podcasts, all different types of things. And it was cool because it kind of like lights the fire in you as well. Yeah. Because then you're like, okay, cool. I want to try this. And then when it works, you're like, holy shit, this is cool. And then it's like, okay, what else can I try? Um, So, I mean, that's exactly right. That's what I would always do as well. And it's really easy to do, you know, especially when you're in the car, you're just driving. It's like, you might as well listen to something. And if you can learn something and take away something and it betters the business, then why not? So I agree. That's exactly what I would do too. And it was very, very helpful. Yep. Awesome. All right. Perfect. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? So we're fight shape gym on Instagram and also TikTok and Facebook. You would just look at fight shape. Uh, and we do have a web, uh, we do have a website too. It's, it's just www.fightshapegym.com. And, um, yeah, we post, we post stuff daily on the story. We do, you know, we show a lot of our, we, we have a very unique member base. And I said, we have a lot of teachers, a lot of nurses and a lot of, you know, just salt of the earth folks, you know, people that uh, like, and that, that's why we decided to call it fight shape. Cause we're not getting people in shape to fight. We're getting people in fight shape and sort of in the fight world, there's, you know, you see guys in even, uh, you know, men and women and their bodies look good, but when they get back into the gym, if they've had a few weeks off or, you know, after, after a fight, you put so much effort into, okay, June 16th, I have this big fight. You have 10 weeks of just dieting and insane, you know, and then afterwards you enjoy yourself. And so even after just a couple of weeks, you went from being in peak shape for that one day to then you might look like you're in shape, but you're not in fight shape. And so that's kind of how the, the new name came about. But um, yeah, we, we, you know, show a lot of our, our different people. And, you know, we're, if you, if you look at our stuff, we try to be, uh, you know, it's, I always say we take our training very seriously, but we don't take ourselves too seriously. So we post some goofy stuff, <laughs> have fun. And, you know, it's uh, it's a good time. You know, we really do try to make it enjoyable. And I said, but then when it's time to work, people know it's time to work. Then afterwards we can have a good time. That's right. I like that. It's a good balance. Yeah. Builds a good community. Yeah. So that's awesome. yeah. Perfect. All right. So Vinny from Fight Shape in Brumall, Pennsylvania. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been so great having you on the show. Thanks, Brian. I had a good time. Good. I learned, so I learned some things too. Good. That's awesome. I always like to try to provide some type of value. So glad. Nice challenge. High front end offer. Yeah. There you go. That's right. the way to go. <laughs> you told me on that one for sure. Perfect. And to all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we'll catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. 
Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.